podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Good boys and girls, two for the podcast on Friday, the 6th of May, brought to you by EPLindex.com and our presenting sponsor, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider. A virtual privacy network allows you to go online, change your location, access things that you geo-blocked from, while also keeping your data safe. Liberty Shield is the number one rated VPN provider on Trustpilot. Go to libertyshield.com and use the code EPL25 to get 25% off at checkout. That's either the hardware package or the software package. So the hardware package is a router, which is just sent out to you, very easy to install. The software package is instantly downloadable to your device and you can get using straight away. LibertyShield.com EPL25. We're also brought to you by Home of Hopcroft, a giftware and homeware company located in Scotland, but shipping worldwide. Check out homeofhopcroft.co.uk. And finally, do check out the EPL Index and Anfield Index shops, which you can find on Etsy. Use the codes EPL10 or RED10 to get 10% off at checkout. Right, folks, we begin with a happy 49th birthday to Mr. Carol Matchett. I hope you're doing well, sir. And then we take a look at what happened in Europe last night. And in the Europa League, we had the semi-finals playing out and play out they did rangers three leipzig one rangers through three two on aggregate i said i had a feeling i told you about the power of ibrox tavanier on four on on 18 camara on 24 rangers in control of the tie leipzig scored on 70 great goal by nkunku to even the tie, but John Lundstrom with the winning goal in the 80th minute to send Rangers through to the Europa League final. Massive achievement, massive achievement by the club. The power of Ibrox here cannot be overstated because if you take a look at Rangers in Europe this, this season, now they lost home on away to Malmo in the third qualifying round of the Champions League, and that's what saw them go into the Europa League. Alishkert of Armenia was their first opponent, and they beat them 1-0 at home. With 10 men, by the way, they played the entire second half with 10 men and beat them 1-0 at home. Drew 0-0 away. Into the group stage, they lost at home to Lyon, but Lyon are just a very, very good team. They lost away to Sparta Prague. They beat Bromby at home. They drew with Bromby away. Then they beat Sparta Prague at home and drew away with Leon. Went through in second place in the group. In the 
knockout rounds of the playoffs where the Champions League clubs dropped in to play the runners-up in each of the groups. They went to Dortmund and beat them 4-2, and then drew 2-2 back at Ibrox. That win over Dortmund in Dortmund is their only away win in Europe this season. And in the three rounds since then, they beat Red Star Belgrade at home. They lost to Red Star Belgrade away. They lost to Braga away. And then they beat Braga at home. And they lost to Leipzig away and beat Leipzig at home. Ibrox and their home form in their stadium with their fans is what's gotten them where they are. One home defeat in Europe this season to Lyon. Well, two if you count Malmo, but one in the Europa League. And one draw against Dortmund when they had a big advantage. But other than that, win over Bromby, win over Sparta, win over Red Star, win over Braga, win over Leipzig. Ibrox has been massive in their push for Champions League. Now, their away form has been really, really poor. Only the one away win. And that wasn't the full Dortmund experience. There was only 10,000 people there rather than the 80,000 that would normally be there. And Dortmund were missing Emre Chan, who's their best midfielder, and Erling Haaland. So a little bit fortunate with that one. But their home form has been so strong. Now, you'd wonder what happens on neutral ground. Can they summon the magic that they've shown thus far on neutral ground? They'll play Eintracht Frankfurt in the final. Eintracht beat West Ham 1-0 last night. They were 2-1 up from the first leg. Aaron Cresswell was sent off in the 19th minute. His second red card of the knockout phase of this competition. And then Rafael Santos Bori Mari scored on 26 minutes. And that was all she wrote. Now, West Ham had some gripes with some of the officiating. And both David Moyes and Declan Rice brought shame on themselves. Moyes kicked a football at a young girl who was acting as a ball boy, ball girl, a ball person, whatever, ball child. Uh, Rice verbally abused the referee after the game. Not a good look for either of them. Quite disappointing from both. And I would imagine both will face some sort of punishment, probably in the form of a fine from UEFA in the coming weeks. Both of them really should be issuing public apologies for their behaviour. I know it's disappointing, and I'm very disappointed for Moyes because of what an amazing job he has done there. It would have been really nice to see West Ham getting to a European final, especially the path they had to take to get here. It was no easy cakewalk at all. But Eintracht were really, really good and played some very good football. That left side of theirs, really, really strong. Evan and Dicka back in the team, outstanding. 
Kostic, we know, is one of the best crossers of the ball in Europe. And Daichi Kamada is just a really good player. You've got Jens Peter Hogg, who, for those that remember, kind of burst onto the scene with Bodo Glimpse. Milan snapped him up really quickly, and then it didn't really work well from there, so he went to Eintracht, and he's having a good season for them. He's he's in on loan. Their other right-sided, um, sort of attack-minded player, now the young winger who's playing as a wing-back, he's in on loan from Dortmund. You'd imagine they'll want to keep him. They're really strong down their flanks. And then they've got good experience with Jibril Sau, Sebastian Roda and Martin Hinteregger as their core. Obviously, Kevin Trapp, very experienced keeper as well. This Eintracht team will be a big test for Rangers. And it should be a really interesting final. Now, Eintracht's away form has been really good. Like, really good. It's their away form more than anything that's gotten them here. So in the group stage, they drew at home with Fenerbahce. They beat Antwerp away. They beat Olympiacos at home. They beat Olympiacos away. They drew at home with, with Antwerp and they drew they drew away with uh, Fenerbahce. So three wins, three draws, but two away wins against only one home win. Then they go into the knockout phase, into the round of 16, having topped their group. They beat Real Betis away from home. They draw at home. They beat Barcelona away from home, having drawn the first leg at home. And then they beat West Ham in both legs. Their away form has been stronger than their home form. Unlike Rangers, who've been massively reliant on their home form and the crowd and the ability to kind of unnerve opponents. And it is because of that, because of how well they've done away from home in this competition, that I think Eintracht will win this game. Even domestically, now they're not having a great domestic season. They sit 11th in the Bundesliga, but all their focus has been on the Europa League. They've won more games away from home than they have at home. And in Oliver Glasner, they have a really good manager. Now, credit to him, Gio van Bronckhorst is a really good, a really good manager as well. He's done really well since taking over at Rangers. And it's also worth pointing out that it was him who laid the foundations at Feyenoord that now sees Feyenoord also in a European final, and we'll get to them. He won... The, the league title when he was uh, manager of Feyenoord. That was something they hadn't done in quite a while. And he left behind a team that with a couple of good additions and some really good performances have reached the final of the Conference League. But for him to win their first league title in 18 years and leave that, that's a great legacy for him to have. Now he's carried it on to Rangers. And we'll see how he does in the final. I'm going to back Eintracht at this stage because just their away form has been so strong. I think it will make a difference. Rangers will have great support there, but so will Eintracht. Eintracht's support is unbelievable. 
raucous crowd. Expect that stadium in Seville to absolutely bounce from 30 minutes before kickoff until whenever the last fan leaves. It should be an absolute belter. The only concern is there is a potential for trouble. Eintracht have clashed with a couple of other fan bases along the way, as have Rangers fans. So hopefully it's policed well. They don't show any disrespect to the whole city and they all behave themselves and enjoy the game. Uh, should be should be a good one. I will say I think the Conference League final is going to be more entertaining. Now, I was stunned last night as I watched Marseille versus Feyenoord that there were no goals scored because these two teams have not been particularly strong defensively in their runs, especially Feyenoord. But Feyenoord went in to Marseille the Stad Velodrome, incredible scenes, amazing atmosphere. They had a 3-2 lead from the first leg at the Kip. They went in there and they got a 0-0 draw. And I think it's an absolutely massive result for them. I think it's huge that they were able to go and do that because I thought Marseille, with that home crowd behind them, and I think it's fair to say a talent advantage, I thought they would have gotten the result, but they didn't. So Feyenoord advance to the Conference League semi uh, Conference League final. Sorry, a bit distracted. Um, also a team with strong away form, unbeaten away in Europe this season. They won in the knockout stage, away to Partizan and away to Slavia Prague. In the group stage, they beat Union Berlin in Berlin. They've been good home and away, but they have strong away form, which I think is important. I think you have to treat neutral venue games as away games. They will play AS Roma under Jose Mourinho. Roma beat Leicester 1-0 last night, a Tammy Abraham header on 11 minutes, towering above Ricardo Pereira, who for some reason was assigned to mark him from the set piece. Brilliant header, great goal. And Roma just saw the game out. Leicester had a couple of half chances, but never really looked like threatening. I thought Rogers got quite a bit wrong last night. And I spoke to the official committee on these things this morning. And they have deemed that this is yet another Brendan Rogers bottle job special. Uh, nothing to do with me. I don't make these rules. I just enforce them. So Brendan Rogers, you know, shown to be a fraud once again. Uh, AS Roma through Mourinho through to another final on course potentially to become the first manager to win the Champions League, the European Cup, or the UEFA Cup rather, and the um, or the Europa League as it's known, and the Conference League. He did also win the UEFA Cup in its old format. He's obviously a two-time Champions League winner. This would be his fifth European trophy. As I said yesterday, it's, it's still incredible to me how disrespected Mourinho is by a lot of people who seem to forget the work that he did at Porto, Chelsea, Inter and Real and in that title winning season at Chelsea and focus only on how things ended at Chelsea what happened at United even though more success than anyone else that's been there since Ferguson and obviously then what happened with Spurs now Roma's away form has not been great in this competition they beat Luhansk they got hammered by Bodo Glimt and they beat CSKA Sophie, actually, to be fair, hasn't been terrible. 
They lost both trips to Glimpsed. But, like, that's the North Pole. So I don't know that I can really hold that against them. They drew away to Leicester, tough place to go, and they've actually won all the rest of their games. They beat Vietas Arnhem away. They beat CSK Sofia away. Beat Luhansk away. Beat Trabs on Spore away in their qualifier. Imagine having to play a qualifying round to get into this tournament. Um, Feyenoord actually played three qualifying rounds to get in. Dritta. FC Dritta. Oh, from Kosovo. Okay. Uh, Luzern from Switzerland and Ifsberg from Sweden. And they lost in Sweden. They drew in Kosovo. It's not as good as I thought, but that's the early rounds. The late rounds have been good. I'm still going to back Roma because I'm going to back Mourinho. More than anything else, I'm going to back Mourinho. And I think the two best players in the game are both, in fact, the three best players in the game are going to be playing for Roma. Zaniolo, Abraham, and Pellegrini. I think if you've got the three best players, it gives you a huge advantage. If you've got the nous of how to win European trophies, I think it gives you an advantage. Uh, Arnie Slot has done a good job this year with Feyenoord, there's no question. He did a good job when he was in charge of AZ Alkmaar, but I think... I think I'm going to back Mourinho. So I've got Eintracht Frankfurt and AS Roma to win those games. I think they're going to be good games. I do. I think they're going to be fun. Uh, The Conference League final is the 25th of May in Tirana, Albania. And that's fun. Like, it is fun to have the final in a place where otherwise it just wouldn't be played. And then obviously Eintracht will play Rangers, like I said, in Sevilla. That one's the 18th of May. Now, it does annoy me a little bit that it's, it is when it is, but such is life. Should be a good game, as should the, the Roma final game. I think the Roma final game will be maybe a little bit more exciting because Sinistera is just a lot of fun to watch. Reese Nelson of Arsenal are there on loan, having a really good season as well. Should be a fun game. And then Zaniolo, Pellegrini, Abraham, really good players. I'm really looking forward to both of these games. And obviously the Champions League final is well set up as well. So that's what we had last night. Lots of fun, very tense, some strange managerial performances. Um, Rogers making the decision. Now, maybe someone can enlighten me on what on earth he was thinking. But when he when he made the decision to bring on Ianacho for Barnes and Amarty for Luckman at halftime, I, I just thought this guy has completely lost the plot. That was just like if you want to get a Mar- if you want to get Ianacho on, bring him on for Luckman, that's fine. But what are you taking off Barnes for? He's a goal scorer. You're bringing on Daniel Amarty. He's not going to score. He's not going to score at all. You went to a more defensive setup when you were 1-0 down at halftime in the European semi-final. 
But that's Brendan all over, and that's why he's on Fraud Watch. Right. News. Mikel Arteta has signed a new contract at Arsenal, as has Arsenal women's boss Jonas Edeval. Arteta has a new deal now running till 2025. Is that only a year extra? Two years extra, maybe? Not a massive signal of intent from Arsenal, but interesting. Uh, Edeval's contract now takes him till 2024. Congrats to both of them. Good to see. Good to see. Uh, Josh Cronkey said, Mikkel's commitment and passion are clear for everyone to see. We are confident that as we move forward, he will get us back to competing for the top trophies in the game. Best of luck with that one. Kylian Mbappe is on the brink of signing a two-year contract extension with Paris Saint-Germain worth $42.5 million a year, plus a, an $85 million signing bonus, and his own image rights, according to Le Parisien. Now, his mother says her son is continuing talks about his future in P- with PSG in great serenity. I mean... That is an extraordinary amount of money. That's 200 million euro plus his own image rights, which over two years could well be another 50 million on top of that. That's a quarter of a billion quid for two years. Mbappe would only be, what, 25 when that contract ran out. Real Madrid will still be waiting for him. Barcelona might be in a better financial position then. He'd have offers from everywhere. I don't know that I could suggest that anyone should turn that money down. Like, that's not life-altering. He already has life-altering money. That is neighborhood-altering money. That is you setting your entire family and all your friends and extended family and people that you met when you were 11 up for the rest of their lives and their kids' lives. That is generational wealth. So I don't know that I could suggest that anybody should turn that money down. If if he took that money and just put it into a separate bank account that he doesn't touch and just left it there till he was 50, because he's obviously got enough money to keep him going and he'll make more off the back of it. I mean, that's, yeah, I, I don't know if I could suggest turning that down. Really, I, I just don't. I, I thought he was nailed on for real, but if that's the type of money that PSG are willing to pay to keep him, it's hard to see why he'd turn it down gets to live at home, have all his friends around him, his family, still playing with great players. They're not as good as the players you could play with at Real, but still. And if PSG are serious, which they seem to be, they'll probably go and spend another boatload of money to bring in better players to put around him. Um, Pep Guardiola will sign a new deal with Manchester City to keep him at the Etihad until... 2025 after telling the club he is more determined than ever to win the Champions League. That is according to the star. 
So I, I wouldn't really put much faith in that. Uh, Manchester City are considering a move for Frankie de Jong as they look to build their squad next season. So they want Haaland, they want de Jong. Uh, I've seen a couple of other players linked, none of whom would cost less than 50 million. I saw some suggest- suggestion this morning that City could spend 300 million this summer. I mean, you can win whatever you want at that point. Nobody's going to respect any bit of it. It's as simple as that. Nobody will respect any of it. So you you can't do better with the players you have. Are you not the best coach in the world? Why do you continuously need so much money? If you're a resident of Abu Dhabi and you realize that your country's money is just been poured into this project that will in no way enhance your life, surely you've got to question whether that's in the best interests of your nation and its people. Everton are prepared to sell Jordan Pickford. That's the first thing Everton might do that might be sensible in years uh, to fund a summer rebuild. It'll be a small rebuild if you're only selling Pickford. Tottenham and Newcastle are monitoring the England goalkeeper situation. I could definitely see him at Newcastle. Even though he's a Sunderland boy, I could definitely see him going there because he's just that type. Uh, Tottenham officials watched Pau Torres in their Champions League semi-final on Tuesday. They had also hoped to scout Arnat Danjuma, but he was ruled out through injury. He was actually ill. Uh, but Pau Torres has been linked with Spurs for a while, and he does make sense on the left side of that back three. Meanwhile, both Spurs and Leeds are interested in Wolves winger Adama Traore. Right. James Ward-Prowse is believed to be courting interest from Premier League clubs, but Ralph Hasenhutl insists he will be staying at Southampton. I mean, look, Ward-Prowse just isn't good enough to play for the top four. He's just not. He's He's... If your aim is to finish like 6th to 10th, he's probably all right. He's probably a good signing for you. But if you want to finish above that, no. And, you know, if Southampton have any ambition, maybe that's what they want to do. Edinson Cavani said he would have considering he would have considered leaving Manchester United last summer if he had known the club were going to sign Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, it's very clear the two of them don't get on very well. Victor Asimian says he would prefer to join Arsenal over Manchester United or Newcastle. I watched that interview. That's not what he said. Arsenal and Manchester United target Paolo Dybala has an offer to join Borussia Dortmund. No, he doesn't. Don't be ridiculous. Don't be absolutely ridiculous. RB Leipzig want Christopher Nkunku to stay for one more season on an improved contract with the Bundesliga club prepared to accept him leaving in 2023. Uh, Phil Jones and Eric Bailly have both told teammates they will leave in the summer. There's going to be a big clear out, a big clear out at United this summer. Marcus Alonso's six-year stint with Chelsea will end this summer with the 31-year-old prioritising a move back to Spain where Barcelona are interested I mean, he could probably sit on the bench for Barcelona. He's not good enough to start for a top club. 
what he's been doing at Chelsea this long, I don't know. He's a good player, but he's not an elite level player. Giorgio Cialini will Cialini will head to MLS when he leaves Juventus at the end of the season. Good. Good. I look forward to seeing him in MLS booting people up into the crowd. So it was uh, it's always an interesting experience watching great players like him go to a secondary league and get away with murder because you're a big name star. Uh, Leeds are targeting Daichi Kamada of Eintracht Frankfurt, says Football Insider. I mean, he, it's a crap source, but it is a move that could make some sense. Redbird Capital Partners, who own a minority stake in Fenway Sports Group, owners of Liverpool, are considering a purchase of AC Milan. Milan are in the process of being sold to somebody else, so they would need to get in quickly. Sporting Lisbon have triggered the buy option of Manchester City's on-loan Spanish right-back Pedro Porro, who will complete a permanent deal with a buyback clause for City. It's according to the spoofer. Hector Bellerin will complete a permanent move to Real Betis for a fee between 5 and 10 million after successful loan spell and the Copa del Rey victory. Uh, that is from Charlie Watts, and Charlie Watts is very, very good for Arsenal news. Uh, West Ham have made a second approach to sign Rafinha. Nonsense. Contract talks between Leeds and their sought-after pair of Rafinha and Calvin Phillips are on hold until they know whether they'll be playing Premier League football next season. Newcastle are ready to offer Atletico Madrid £21 million to acquire Renan Lodi ahead of Juventus, who are also tracking the 24-year-old. Yeah, Jake Jackman pointed out recently how lukewarm Eddie Howe has been when talking about Matty Target. I think Matty Target's been very good for them, but they do seem to want a different left-back at the club next season. So, you know, we'll wait and see what happens. Um, it's definitely a position of need. I, I still believe that Jamal Lewis is a better defender than, than Matty Target, but Eddie Howe doesn't seem to like him. Uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, I will be joined by Mr. Drinkle, and we will run through, and I do mean run through, the uh, Premier League games, because I have been waffling for a while now. See you in a few. Right, welcome back. I am joined by Mr. Drinkle. How are you, sir? I am very good. How are you, Dave? I'm not bad on this day, which is Carl Matchett's 51st birthday. I am I'm good. I'm happy to say I'm good. Uh, we have Premier League games this week. The title race is heat, heating up. The top four is still all to play for. And we've got a relegation scrap. So, you know, it's unusual at this point of the season to still have all three. So it's fun. And that leads me on to the first game, which is pointless. It's uh, it's uh, Brentford against Southampton. What do you make of this one? Yeah, two teams with not a whole lot to play for. Two teams likely to be on the beach. Southampton, the weirdest team in England. Brentford trying to find their feet again after that horrible mid-season spell. Probably trying to win as many games as possible to you know build a bit of confidence ahead of next year and maybe convince Christian Eriksen to stay. 
With the game being in Brentford, I'm going to go home win. As far as the injuries go, I think Brentford are in pretty good good shape. Pinnock is a, is a doubt. Canos and Onyeka are out, uh, but nobody, Ozanka is out, but he's been out for a while now. And Saman Godas, he's out. Uh, Southampton, it's only Livermento with the knee injury, but that's a massive blow to them. I know they've got Walker Peters and obviously Perot can come in at left back, but I still think Livermento was so important to them. I'm going to go Brentford for the win at home. I'll go 2 1. Yeah, sounds like a game of football to me. Um, next up, then we actually have a game that means more than that. I mean, Burnley against Aston Villa. Burnley in such good form since Mike Jackson uh, taken over from Sean Dyche. Three wins in a row uh, and a draw before that, which is a good one against West Ham. And they're up against Villa, who were in a slump but got the win, albeit against Norwich last weekend. Mm. It, you just have to see this as a good opportunity for Burnley, really. Yes, and I do see there's a good opportunity for Burnley. They've got two games against Villa coming up within like 12 days of each other. And if they can get a split in those games, win one and lose one, I think they'll take that because I think they'll back themselves to beat Newcastle at home on the last day of the season. Obviously, they'd rather not have to go to the last day of the season. But I do think this weekend they'll get a win. Now, Villa, no Leon Bailey, who's just always injured. Morgan Sanson should be back. Jacob Ramsey is a major doubt, so that could be a big blow. And Courtney House is out. Whereas with Burnley, uh, still no Ben Mee. Eric Peters could be back. Max Cornet is back in training, which is big. Uh, Jay Rodriguez is a doubt. That could be a big blow. He got hurt in the warm-up last week, but Vidra came on or started instead and scored. Uh, Goodmanson's done for the season. Ashley Westwood is done for the season. Burnley are in form. Burnley are confident. Burnley are at home. Villa have nothing to play for other than pride. I'm going to back the Burnley win. I think it'll be a tight game. I don't think it'll be a fun game. I'll go 2-1 to Burnley. I think they can target Veghorst on Mings, get Mings involved in a bit of a wrestle match and he will give away a penalty or do something stupid. And Chambers was partner in last game as well. Yeah, exactly. Like, so he's not exactly the most reliable of central defenders. So I'm going to back the the Burnley win. Yeah, hopefully for us, one in Everton down, but we'll come to that when we talk about Leeds and Everton later on. Next up then... I think the game itself will be dreadful, but Chelsea are in an interesting situation. I mean, we've all assumed they'll get top four, but they just... The record's not dreadful, but just watching the games, they just look unbothered about the remainder of the season. I mean, could Arsenal catch them? And then probably more importantly, could Tottenham catch them as well? And that's the thing. With four games left and uh, and Chelsea, rather, in a funk... It is possible. I mean, look, they lost to a dreadful Everton. Mm. They drew with a dreadful Manchester United. They they beat West Ham, but they needed that Craig Dawson red card for that one. Uh, they lost to Arsenal at home in fairly embarrassing fashion. Mm-hmm. They beat Palace, but didn't exactly impress. They went out of the Champions League. The only good performance in recent weeks is the 6-0 away to Southampton, 
But, you know, if we go back to the game before that, they lost 4-1 at home to Brentford. So it's been five weeks of fairly poor performances. Mm -hmm. That's a hard funk to snap yourself out of. Now, luckily enough for them, Wolves aren't playing particularly well. But I don't know. I I look at their remaining fixtures. I think Chelsea should be fine because, you know, they get Wolves at home, they get Leicester at home, and they get Watford at home on the last day. So they should be okay. But if I'm Leeds, I'm probably quite buoyant about the fact that I play Chelsea on Wednesday when they've got the cup final next weekend. Mm. And so Chelsea probably... have bottled top four runs in the not bottled, but I mean they finished behind Liverpool last season. Well, who that's the thing. had no last defenders. Season, last season they only got in because Leicester made a mess of things. Yeah. Because their end of season was not impressive. It's just that Leicester's was worse. Mm. So it is possible that they fall out. It definitely is. I mean, that would be but catastrophic considering the ownership stuff as well. It would be. It would be massive, and it would massively alter their plans. Now, I still don't think they're going to spend big money this summer because I think when you are buying a club for £4 billion and potentially also having to take on a debt of £1.6 billion, uh, I'm not sure you're really going to be too quick to start flashing cash around the place. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Luckily enough for them, Wolves haven't exactly been great either. They've lost their last three in a row. Oh, no, so is it two in a row? No, it is three in a row. Sorry, they've lost the last three in a row and four of their last five. So Wolves are definitely in a rut as well. Their season's just gone, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, small squad, lack of goals. It was never going to be mm. sustainable for them. And they're still uh, going to finish eighth, to be fair, almost. That's likely. the thing. Yeah, they're going to yeah. they're going to f- still finish eighth, which will be a really good result for them. Um, they're still going to have one of the best defensive records in the league. They're the fourth best defense now, but in terms of goal scoring, only Burnley, Watford, and Norwich. They've got the fourth best defense and the fourth worst attack, and um, you know that, that they're just sort of average, and that's they're the best of the average teams in the league. Um, 15 wins, 15 defeats, 24 draws. It's a bit mad. Um, Chelsea injury-wise, Kante's a doubt. Jorginho's a doubt. Christensen is a doubt. Barkley's a doubt. hudson Doy's out and Chilwell's out. The other big question with Chelsea is like they've got a lot of players there who are leaving this summer. Mm. And you'd wonder just how committed are they right now? Like, do they really want to risk an injury? I think you got to run like Chalaber, Thiago Silva, and God knows who else. And Sars technically staying about, but that might just be cause reasons, not because they want him to stay. But... Yeah, it might just be for depth. Like yeah. Christensen's going, Aspie's going, Rudiger's yeah, yeah. going. Do they? Are they really f- also uh, Mikel uh, or yeah, Alonso? Yeah, he's going um, for Barca, isn't he? So it, it's tough because they don't really have any depth, uh, which is part like when I see Chelsea fans saying, oh, we should sign Kunde and we should sign Chouameni. I'm thinking you guys need like six or seven players this summer. Mm. You need a couple of starting center backs. You need depth wing backs, both sides. You need to sort out your attack. And that's before you start looking at, maybe depth at centre-back as well. And you've got to sell off assets 
that don't want to be there and you don't want there in Lukaku, which you're losing probably 50 mil on, you presume? That's the thing. Like, it, it, mm. it's, it's going to be a bizarre summer for yeah. Chelsea. Really? Pulisic could go, Werner could go. It is going to be a bizarre summer for them. Um, in this game, though, I'll back them to win. I think it, I think it's going to be a desperate game of football. I don't know if you're aware of this, but if you translate Thomas Tuchel from the original German into Portuguese, it translates as Bruno Lage. <laughs> so if you translate it back into English, then it translates as Graham Potter. Um, <laughs> th- th- this is just going to be one of those games where it's two similar enough stylistic matches, but I think Chelsea's talent advantage gets them the win. I'll say 1-0. I don't think it's going to be a great game. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Crystal Palace, Watford, how uh, 2-0 Crystal Palace? Yeah, it feels like that. <laughs> yeah. It does feel like that. Crystal Palace will want to get as many points on the board as possible. They're trying to build momentum. I think they're trying to finish as high as possible as well because, you know, it's it's been a long, turgid run of Hodgey. And now that they're free of the Hodge, I think they'll want to get points on the board as much as they can. And if I remember correctly, didn't Zaha score a good few against Watford? I think just, he had a good record against them. Yeah, didn't I? I think he took Roy Hodgson personally, personally when when he first got hired because he kind of wasted a lot of his career under Hodgson, to be he fair. He did. He did indeed. Yeah. And Palace have everybody fit by Nathan Ferguson, so they're going to be full strength. Uh, Watford, no Chucho Hernandez. Uh, Craig Cathcart and Tom Cleverley are doubts. Uh, th- those players missing would be a, a bonus for Watford. Watford have lost five in a row. Watford look hopeless. There's only one game remaining this season that I expect Watford to win. I think they'll beat Everton in midweek because that would just be very Premier League. Get relegated this week. Beat Everton next midweek. It sounds yeah, very Premier it, it League. It would be the most Premier League, most Watford, and most Everton thing that could possibly happen. So that's what I'm going to back. But in this one, yeah, I'll, I'll go 2 0 Crystal Palace. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, moving on then to the first televised game of the weekend because BT thought, why not do a 7.45 kickoff? But we'll get on that in a sec. But for half five, we've got Brighton against Man United. Um, yeah, I don't really care. <laughs> no, nobody should. Nobody should care about this game. United have been a disgrace this season, and Brighton just are what they are. No Sarmiento, no Motor, and no Mwepu this weekend uh, for Brighton. With, with Motor out, Mwepu is a massive blow. Uh, for United, Jaden Sancho has tonsillitis, um, so he's out. They say he's missing the end of the season. With apparently, so well, they only Marcus have two Rashford games to be fair. Bronchitis. Mm-hmm. This is this is bizarre, like bizarre. Um, so yeah, he's got bronchitis. Harry Maguire, they're hoping he's back. Juan Bissak is a doubt. Luke Shaw is out. Paul Pogba is out. Eric Bailly is out. Mason Greenwood is out. And my assumption is that Edinson Cavani is just not arse playing anymore. He was on the bench. He He was. Did he come on? I think he did, yeah. Did he? I think he did. Uh, Manchester, let's have a look. He might have just fancied a jog about. That's the thing. When did he come come on is more the question. (laughs) Uh, So they were playing Brentford. I did kind of stop paying attention when it went to 2-0 and Brentford just kind of gave up on life. Yeah, exactly. Uh, He came on in the 75th minute, in fairness. It was 3-0. 
Um, yeah, he came on. He came on for a langer, um, with 15 minutes left, and looks looks to have jogged about. Oh, he got he got at least one touch. There he is, chesting the ball down majestically. Um, yeah, who cares? Who cares? Uh, United are away from home. I. Brighton's really home expect- record's not very good. Brighton's, home, Brighton's record's not very good. But well, Brighton, they've won three of their last five. So they've they've turned things around a little bit. But yeah, they have been a better away team than home team. Uh this will be a draw. I'll go, I'll go one-one. Um, I think Brighton score early. United Huff and Puff and Cristiano scores a late equalizer. Uh does that silly celebration and people talk about where would United be if not for Cristiano Ronaldo? As they triumphantly sit sixth in the Premier League table, so yeah, that's that's what I'll go with. One one. It does sound very accurate. <laughs> uh, then moving on, then to the late late kickoff on Saturday, uh, Liverpool against Spurs. Yeah, and Liverpool need to win, but Spurs kind of need all the points they can get as well. I mean, a draw mm. would be fantastic for them. I, the only question here is Spurs have the weapons to hurt Liverpool. I'm not criticising the high line and all that talk sporty stuff, but we've seen it. Kane drops in, the other two run on behind, uh, behind words guy, and they can exploit the high line. We've seen that in the last game, albeit we had COVID and Van Dyke etc. wasn't there, but yeah. Yeah, we had mid- midfield with Milner and Morton, so... Yeah, um, it wasn't pretty, but yeah. Won't, uh, take, won't take much from that one. I think... I think Liverpool should win the game because they are the better team. And Spurs' form has been a bit uneven. Liverpool are going to be confident. Liverpool, like you said, need the win. Spurs, in fairness, kind of do as well. But Spurs might be relying a little bit on Arsenal to do an Arsenal and just find ways to bottle the rest of the season. Arsenal have a have a straight enough run in but like there's they're going up against teams that need to win like Leeds need to win they they play each other on Thursday night and Mm -hmm. Tottenham need to win and then they'll play Newcastle away on a Monday night which could be difficult and then they play Everton last day of the season and Everton probably will need to win to get something and and stay up so you know I, I think Arsenal are in the driving seat at the minute Spurs if they lose an Arsenal win, Spurs will be five points behind. Then Spurs would need to beat Arsenal on Thursday. Then it's two points. And then you're just hoping that Arsenal slip up. I think Liverpool will win this game. Liverpool are fully fit. Everybody is available. Uh, Firmino is back in training and should be at least on the bench. Um, Tottenham, no Tanganga, no Doherty, no Regulon. Those are two big losses. No Oli Skip. I think Liverpool will win the midfield battle. I think they'll win the game. I'm going to go 2-1 Liverpool. Yeah, it's obviously a huge game. Um, Big pressure. Yeah, Liverpool's toughest test remaining, you'd say. Um, Moving on then to Sunday, we do have the Arsenal against Leeds game. Now, I, I suppose the only question mark is Arsenal's form before that run of wins was against poorer teams in the league. Now, does, does that change anything? Because obviously they did go on to beat, was it United, Chelsea, and whoever it was, I can't remember. West Ham. West Ham. Um, but Leeds, 
they've been redragged into the relegation zone because they did improve under Jesse March, but the mm. damage has kind of just been done before he came, I'd say. To be fair to him, and the injuries are still there, but you have to have, you have to make Arsenal favourites on paper. You do, you do for sure. A lot of injuries for Leeds. No Roberts, no Bamford, no Forshaw, no Somerville, no Dallas. They're hopeful Lee and Cooper will be available. Uh, Arsenal, Ben White's a doubt. Kieran Tierney and Thomas Partey are out. There are there's a type of team that can hurt. <coughs> excuse me, can hurt Arsenal. I'm not sure Leeds is one of them. Mm. Now, Leeds do press very well, and pressing teams have caused Arsenal some caused Arsenal some trouble this season. We've seen it with Southampton. We saw it with Crystal Palace, obviously Liverpool and City. But Leeds are so poor defensively that I think even if they can cause Arsenal trouble, I just don't think they can keep Arsenal out. Uh, I'm going to go 3-1 Arsenal. I think it'll be comfortable enough. I think there'll be moments in the game where Leeds look like they're getting the upper hand and then that back line just fails them again. So I'll go 3-1 Arsenal. Yeah, I'd agree with, with that. Uh, moving on then, we have Leicester against Everton. We know Everton's away form is dreadful, but Leicester coming off disappointment in Rome um, and Brendan, I, I, they've got nothing to play for now. I mean, whatever. It's they are 11. Yeah, it's just a bit of pride now and trying to finish in the top half. And I do think for his ego, he'll want a top half finish. Uh, no Ryan Bertrand, no Will Fendidi for Leicester, but everybody else is fit. For Everton, no Patterson, no Van de Beek. Gomez is back. Richarlison should be okay. Godfrey is out, though, so that's a blow. And Andros Townsend is out because obviously he has the bad knee injury. Leicester are not good this season, but Everton are absolutely terrible away from home. And I think that will be the kind of telling difference between the two teams. Now, Leicester's home form has been pretty good. 1-8 drawn four, lost only four. The home defeats Man City, Arsenal, Chelsea and Tottenham. So they've only lost to the best in the league. Their home draws, Villa mid-table, West Ham top half, Brighton mid-table, and Burnley early in the season. But Burnley are a better defensive team than Everton. Now, Everton are going to come and they're going to try and spoil and dive and time waste and do the things they've been doing. Uh, Michael Keane, by the way, embarrassing himself in an interview midweek, saying it's not like lads are just throwing themselves on the floor. It's exactly like lads are just throwing themselves <laughs> to the floor. Uh, everybody does it. No, they don't. No, not, they don't. Not they don't to that extent. No, no. Um, I think Leicester will beat them. I, I know Leicester aren't on a great run in the league. They've only won one of the last five. But I think they'll want a reaction. I, I think they'll look at the rest of their fixtures and they'll think Everton home, Norwich home, Watford away, Southampton home. They're all games we can win. And I think Brendan will want to finish the season on a high because Brendan's job is in a, is under a bit of pressure here because the owners at Leicester are fairly ruthless. These are the men, remember, that sacked Carlo Ancelotti less than a season after... Or Ranieri. Claudio Ranieri, rather, less than a season after he won them the Premier League title. 
I like how you went from Carlo Ranieri to just Ancelotti, you know? Yeah, just calling that's him. Fantastic. Yeah, that's it. They're just, all Italian managers yeah. are the same. If, you're, if you've got a C at the beginning of your name, you're all the same. Yeah. But they sacked Ranieri after less than a season. They sacked Claude Puel, who had them eighth. So I don't know that they're really going to put up with a bottom mm-hmm. half finish. So I think Brendan has, I think Brendan has work to do here. I'm going to go for the Leicester home win because I think they're just a better team than Everton and Everton are diabolical away from home. Uh, we've, we've been over it. You look at the home, the, the home versus away splits for Everton. It's their away form that will take them down. One away win all season. That was way, way, way back in August. Three away draws all season. One in August, one in September. And the last one was in December at Chelsea when Rafa parked the bus. So I think we're going to see a Leicester win. I'll go, I'll go 3 1. Uh, Norwich against West Ham. I mean, sim- well, kind of similar situation. West Ham coming off their disappointment. But they do have something to play for in the league because they can still, I mean, they can still catch United technically. But they want to secure seventh and get mm. um, conference league. Yes, they will want European football for next year. And like you said, they they might look at it and think there's a possibility United lose one of their games. So if we win our last three games, we can still get sixth and get Europa League next season. And they've got Norwich away and Brighton away, two winnable games. Now they do have City at home, but their home form has been. Not recently, but over the course of the season, their home form has been quite good and they've beaten a number of big teams at home. So I do think we might see... I think they'll also be really angry about yeah. midweek because I think they feel like they were wronged. I wouldn't fancy being Norwich this weekend, to be honest, especially with a day out, Omabamadeli out, Zimmerman out, McLean out, Sargent out and Quebec out. Whereas West Ham, it's only Ogbonna. Everybody else is fit. And if you don't think those players are going to be motivated, especially Aaron Cresswell, who will feel like he let the team down, I think they're going to win this game. I'm going to go 3-0 West Ham. I think they give them a bit of a smacking. Yeah, can see that one. Um, Man City, Newcastle. I mean, this one, I, it's almost similar to the West Ham and Leicester ones, but theirs was such a dramatic loss, mm. whereas you've seen the Leicester and West Ham ones were more g- gradual and the ties were pretty much close, whereas Man City won 90% of that game, that tie. They won 98% of that tie. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) That's the thing. That's why it's different, because West Ham lost the first leg away, knew they had an uphill battle, and they weren't the better team over the two legs. It was about even. Same thing with Leicester and Roma. They were about even. They, They won't feel as devastated. They won't feel like, we've just lost to a much worse team, which City will feel. Because City should have had that dead to rights. And they'll be questioning every single aspect of that five-minute spell, the last couple of minutes of normal time and the first couple of minutes of, of extra time. They also played extra time, so it's an extra 30 minutes on the legs. It's yet another high-profile Man City collapse in Europe. There's a lot more scrutiny on them. And the other factor is now all they've got to play for is the Premier League. 
and they should have had the Premier League wrapped up. Like they're only so close with Liverpool because they've dropped a lot of points themselves. Mm-hmm. I think the pressure is firmly on City here. If Liverpool win on Saturday, Liverpool go top. And all the pressures on City. Newcastle, there's no real pressure on them. Nobody expects them to get anything. Uh, they come into this game. They're hopeful the Trippier is back because he's back in training. Uh, Fabian Schaar is a doubt. Callum Wilson's back, though, so that's big. Uh, Hayden Frazier and Lewis are out. They're probably done, or they are done for the season. City, Benjamin Mendy out for reasons. John Stones almost certainly out. Kyle Walker, definitely out. I still think City will win the game because they're simply a much better team than Newcastle. But there's a sniff of an upset on the air. A sniff of Newcastle getting something. City have dropped points at home this season to Southampton and Crystal Palace. They haven't been unstoppable at home. They lost at home to Spurs, who were way out of form. So if Newcastle can go there and get the first goal, it makes it very, very interesting. If City gets the first goal, it's game over. I think City will win. I'm going to go 3-1 City. But there is just a little sniff of upset on the air. And that's Alaska? And that is it. And by the way, City's running got much more difficult in midweek when West Ham went out. Because now West Ham will play a full-strength team in that game on the 15th of May. Because otherwise, they would have been playing the Europa League final three days later, so they would have been resting everybody. Now they'll go full strength, and that could be problematic for City. City also have Wolves away in the middle of that week. So City have a a very big week coming up with three difficult games before Aston Villa on the final day, where there might just be a bit of extra motivation for the Aston Villa manager and one player in particular to do their old mates a favour. But City are still favourites for the league. City should still win the league. But it, it got more difficult. It got more difficult. It got more interesting. We will leave it at that. And uh, I will speak to you all on Monday. Take care of yourselves. Have a good weekend. Happy 53rd birthday to Carl Matchett. Enjoy your day. See you next week. Podcast Network.